0: Welcome to Christian Impact, impacting your life with spiritual truth. I am Dr. Kelly Blanton, and I'm sharing practical truths in the Bible that can truly change your life. Today is June 28, 2023. We continue our series Words for Life, and today's word is faithful. So, how can we know God is at work in our lives? Specifically when we're facing rejection, ridicule. I don't know God is there when we can't feel or see Him. Faith can be an interesting dilemma. You know, here we are to put our hope in something that cannot be seen. And then we have to trust that unseen thing to... Help us to endure in times of doubt, heartache, loneliness, persecution, to just hold out long enough for our rescue. Yes, faith in God can seem crazy from a worldly perspective, but we need to trust that our God cares for us and will come through for us because He is our Creator. He is faithful because He says He is faithful. I think these scriptures we're about to read today very much apply to us in the culture, in the society that we're living in today. We are seeing a darkness begin to grip at us as believers. In some parts of the United States, we're seeing a, a terror begin to befall upon believers. And it looks like it's just the beginning of things to come. But you know what God is faithful so let's read some of these lectionary scriptures today we're going to be reading at jeremiah chapter 20 verses 7 through 13 it reads o lord you induced me and i was persuaded you are stronger than i and have prevailed i am in derision daily everyone mocks me for when i spoke i cried out i shouted violence and plunder Because the word of the Lord was made to me a reproach and a derision daily. Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in my heart like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back and could not. For I heard many mocking. Fear on every side. Report, they say, and we will report it. All my acquaintances watched for my stumbling saying, Perhaps he can be induced. Then we will prevail against him, and we will take our revenge on him. But the Lord is with me as a mighty awesome one. Therefore my persecutors will stumble and will not prevail. They will be greatly ashamed, for they will not prosper. Their everlasting confusion will never be forgotten. But, O Lord of hosts, you who test the righteous and see the mind and heart, let me see your vengeance on them, for I have pleaded my cause before you. Sing to the Lord, praise the Lord, for he has delivered the life of the poor from the hands of evildoers. You know, this this scripture has got really some raw emotion coming from Jeremiah. I've heard some people say this is a complaint of Jeremiah. And I don't know if that's a very good word to use with that. But you see, Jeremiah was living in a time when Judah had turned his back on God and they had embraced evil, immorality, worship of false gods, and God was going to give them over to the nations of the world because they left him, and Jeremiah was this prophet that was trying to speak forth God's word, and nothing was working, and he was frustrated because he, God told him to preach this word, but then God also told him, oh, they're gone. They're going into judgment. And so he had the frustration of having to preach the word of God, but knowing that it wouldn't matter. These people are going into judgment anyway, and so he he says, "Oh Lord, you induce me." And that word "induce" means to persuade, to influence. So God was influencing him, and he goes, "And I was persuaded, for God was stronger than him." And so he he, he was doing what the Lord wanted, but everyone was mocking him, and they were all crying out, and 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 he was persecuted for what he said, and and he. So he got mad at God at one point because he's like, "I don't want. I don't want to tell him anything. I don't want to. I just. I won't even talk about God and believers. I want. I want to talk to you today because we're moving into this time where the temptation from the persecution will be to just just remain silent. You know, just just let, let these people do whatever they want. Let's just be silent. Let's not speak. And maybe they'll just pass us by and and forget this. But there's a problem with that. Because number one, they know who you are. And they're looking for you to fail. They're looking for you to stumble. They're waiting to to prevail against you. And they want to take out vengeance upon you. Because you walk with the Lord. But as Jeremiah said, he, he tried to do that. But... You know, he he put the word of God in his heart and the word of God burns like a fire and he could not hold it back. He did for a little while, but he couldn't hold it back for long. And he had he had to stand up to the mocking. He had to stand up to the persecution, knowing that when he spoke the word of God, that that God would prevail, that that God may, may be a time of testing for him. But in the end, God was gonna have his way. And of course in Jeremiah's day, he did have his way. The the countries was hauled off to captivity. And the the crazy thing is, is that when these nations came in and conquered Judah and was hauling everyone off, their kings told everyone to leave Jeremiah alone. Jeremiah was actually given a, a spot of land and was was given protection and was told to be free and and be left alone. And so God protected Jeremiah even in the midst of judgment that happened to his nation. God was faithful to this. And I think this is something that we need to draw comfort for. Likewise, we need to realize that we need to put the Word of God in us because the Lord is with us and we need that Word. We need to be able to speak because God will rescue He will rescue us from the hand of the wicked. Even when it seems like the darkness is going to overtake, God is light, and the darkness cannot overcome him. Let's also now look at Romans chapter 6, verses 12 through 23. It says, Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? Certainly not. But you do not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one's slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or obedience leading to righteousness. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered and have been set free from sin. You became slaves of righteousness. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you present your members as slaves of uncleanliness and of lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard of righteousness. What fruit did you have then in these things in which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now this passage is not one that you would think of as a passage about faithfulness. But you know, Paul's... Paul's drawing our attention from away from outward oppression to really the battles in, that we face within when we deal with our flesh. And you know, believe it or not, our flesh wants to persecute us as bad as the world wants to persecute us. Our flesh wants to make war against our heart that loves the Lord. And so the Bible is clear about this war that rages within us, with our spirit and our flesh. But where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. And we're we're shown that we're not supposed to let these circumstances, our flesh, cause us to become instruments of sin, In other words, we shouldn't let our bodies become instruments of evil. But instead, we should realize that, man, the Lord has forgiven us. He's purchased us. He's freed us. And we should be instruments of righteousness. And God is faithful. You see, He was, he was faithful to free us from the very bondages of ourselves. You know, thanks be to God that we're no longer slaves to our flesh. And that's one of the things we're seeing with with our society as it goes into darkness, is that people are enslaved to the desires of their flesh. And it causes them to do crazy things. But it always leads to death. It will always lead to death. We cannot trust our flesh. We need to trust the Lord because He is faithful. He will deliver us. And when He does, we need to offer our bodies up for righteousness. Up for the things that God has for us. Because it's things that we don't have to be ashamed of. And though the world wants to cast off shame with their sin, they can never get rid of it. And that's why they get so mad at those that don't want to participate with it because they are ashamed. And they feel like the only way they can get rid of their shame is if you enter into their shame. But that won't free them. Only Jesus Christ can free them. Now let's look at our last passage. It's in Matthew chapter 10, verses 21 through 33. Says now, brother, will deliver up brother to death, and a father his child, and a child will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death, and you will be hated for all for my name's sake. But he who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in this city, flee to another. For assuredly I say to you, you will not have gone through the cities of Israel before the Son of Man comes. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant. Above his master, is it enough for a disciple that he be like his teacher and a servant like his master, if they have called the master of the house Bilzebub, how much more will they call those of his household? Therefore, do not fear them, for there is nothing covered that will not be revealed, and hidden that will not be known. Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light, and what you hear in the ear preach on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. But rather, fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? And not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are more valuable than many sparrows. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Again, a passage that we don't just jump out and scream, yeah, that talks about faithfulness. It talks about faithfulness. But it is. We are talking faithfulness here. You know, we're living in this in this dark society, in this world, and here's the words of Jesus saying, you know, there's a time that's going to come when your very family will deliver you up, when your very family will turn against you. There's a time when you're going to have to flee persecution. You know, a senator in California that just passed a law, very anti-family law, allowing the state to take your children from you, Without any recourses. And one of the senators after it was passed was saying that he supports fighting these sorts of bills and doing things, but he goes, this is bad. And his, he was now recommending that parents who love their children need to flee the state of California. They need to leave. The litigate, his, his, his understanding is is that when the state takes your children, by the time you go to court to get them back, it will be decades it would be decades before you win a court case to get them back if you ever win one. The way these laws are structured. And because of that, he's saying you just need to flee. You just need to flee. I know, that's that's a heavy thing to talk about. But you see, we're seeing this type of persecution begin to happen. Notice that it says... If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub. And this is Jesus speaking. Jesus is like, when the world hates me so bad, they're willing to call me the devil. How much more the people of his household, and that's, that's you and I, how much more will the world hate us and will call us evil, even though we're the ones standing up for righteousness and pointing out the evil? But it says what? God is faithful. He tells us, don't don't worry about those that are going to threaten you. And he uses a little example of sparrows. Little birds aren't worth anything. He goes, if God takes care of them, he's going to take care of you. God knows the very hairs of our head. In other words, he's numbered all the hair in our body. He knows exactly how many we have. And he values us much more than birds. So he wants us to understand that he's faithful and that we need to hold on, that we need to endure, that we need to continue to speak forth his truth, even yell out from the rooftops. Because there is a judgment that is coming. And the same way that God is faithful and loves us, God wishes these people to repent And know him and be saved as well. And this passage finishes out with Jesus asking us or telling us to confess him before men. He says that if we deny him before men, then he will deny us before the Father. He wants us to stand up. He wants us to publicly acknowledge our faith. Even in the midst of intense persecution, he doesn't want us to hide. You know, and public acknowledgement doesn't always necessarily require words. It includes the very way that we live. It suggests that other people are supposed to know the reason behind our faith. They're supposed to know why we live the way we live. You know, believe it or not, Jesus isn't trying to create strife in our life. It's actually just the opposite. He's trying to bring peace, grace, forgiveness. But he is establishing his argument that the most important relationship you have is the one with him and your father in heaven. See, we need God. We need God in these dark days. So, right now, as I'm I'm speaking to you, and we're talking about faithful, where in your life do you need God to rescue you? Is it from physical circumstances? Is it from mistakes you've made in maybe your past relationships? Is it from faulty or weak stewardship with your time, your talents, your money? Where does God need to give you hope today? You might need to let God reveal himself in a fresh way to you. Prepare yourself because he is faithful. He will hear our cries. He will come to our rescue. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness, God, that you never leave us. You never forsake us. The Lord, you said that you would be with us to the end of the age. And Father, I pray right now, God, that no matter what it is that is a need that we have, that, Father, that you would come right now in the name of Jesus and you would meet those needs, Lord. I pray that you'd bring healing to those who need healing right now. Father, I pray that you just touch them by your Spirit. And that you bring the healing power that you made possible to us from the cross. That, that Father, that those who've made mistakes in their past, Lord Father, I pray that you'd give them peace and comfort, God. You bring healing to their mind, God, and that you'd restore relationships. The Father, for those who have made bad decisions, have been bad stewards with their time or their money or with their talents, God, they, they flushed away talents and, and gifts. Father, I pray, God, that you would come to their rescue and that you'd restore God. That you'd give them that second chance. That, Father, that you would give them that opportunity that they can offer themselves up as an instrument of righteousness, God. And that you'd restore to them, God, that opportunity, God. Father, I thank you that you came to give us hope, God that even though we live in a dark world and things may look hopeless, God, that you, you are the God of miracles. You are the God of breakthroughs. You are the one that can show up and do what we think is impossible and bring hope and life to any situation. Father, drown out our doubts, God. Don't let us be tempted to walk away because of circumstances, but instead, God, help us to hold on tighter to you, God, for you are truly our deliverer. Father, I thank you for, again for your faithfulness. Stir up faithfulness in us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we thank you for listening to this podcast and teaching. You can find more of these teachings and lessons on podcast at our website at www.christianimpact.net. Again, we are on... A, Several, several different platforms. Podbeam, YouTube, Spotify, Amazon, Apple, uh, Samsung, uh, iHeartRadio. There's, there's just so many that we are on. Uh, find one that, that you like and prefer. Um, check out our other, other messages, our other teachings. Check out our website. You can learn more about our ministry. What is it that we're up to? What do we do? Feel free to give us a shout out too. You know, so check us out on Facebook, Christian Impact Ministries. And until next time, God bless.